0: Episode 72 of the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, an interview with Gayla Scrivener from Scrivener Solutions. Folks, listen to how she transitioned out of the corporate management realm to start her own business and have a portable lifestyle. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast. I'm Tom Claremont a small business startup coach and podcast launcher. If you ever had thoughts of starting a podcast and need some help with getting it off the ground, I can certainly help you with that. So, but folks, maybe you're in a a job that you don't like and you're looking for a way to transition out. Maybe retirement's coming soon or you're already retired and you're looking to have another option, another income option. Folks, there is a way to have an online personal brand business and make money through your business. But whatever the reason is for you tuning in, you're here. Welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, Let's just dive right into this interview. You don't want to miss this one. We're very pleased to have with us today Gail Scrivener. Gail is the owner of Scrivener Solutions, a, a content marketing agency helping coaches consultants, solopreneurs implement their content plan by taking care of the tedious details involved in consistently publishing content While you focus on your message, Gail's team will take care of the rest they'll take care of all the tech in the background, making sure that your message is published. Everywhere you needed to be, whether it's a website or social media or email. Before starting her own company, Gaila worked for 20 years in the medical industry, where she managed offices of, you know, all different sizes and, and specialties. But she led teams through many different software conversions and guided staff and. Creating the systems that that were needed to to keep up with the ever-changing world of technology. She wanted more out of life, so she she made a major pivot in her career to create her her work from anywhere lifestyle. She left the corporate world of medical management, sold practically everything, moved into a. 38-foot RV full-time, started her own business where she could use her experience in system building and operations to help small business owners by serving as their back office marketing team without all the hassle of hiring and managing a team. But nowadays, you'll find Gail practically anywhere as she lives her digital nomad life, discovering and experiencing different parts of the country, all while leading her virtual team and helping her clients implement their content marketing strategies. You can get to know more about Gayla, learn the practical side of content marketing systems and productivity, and share her journey of achieving work from anywhere by subscribing to her podcast, The Gayla Scrivener Show. Well, Gayla, thanks for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so delighted to be here.
0: So help us to uh, dial it back in time here, and 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 understand that transition that you went through from the corporate management world uh, into you know having starting and having your own business. Because I think a lot of people in the corporate realm they sort of they they wonder if they can make that transition, but. But you did, and you did it successfully. Can you help us, you know, walk us through that timeline and help us understand how that all happened for you?
1: Well, about 2008, uh, I moved down to Florida. I was given a promotion, a positional promotion in the company I was working for, and we're moving operations from the Midwest down to Florida. And... I was working really hard in that company and there were problems with it. It was a a smaller business, but it was a medical management company and we managed MRI centers. And what transitioned was that I was told one day that the company was going to close. And that the owner was no longer interested in having the company. And I found out some, you know, it, there were some, some issues with the company that I had d- discovered later. But what had happened was that I was asked to stay on and tie things up and close close the company and take on that responsibility. Well, that was a huge stressor for me, uh, as it would be for anybody, because you needed to, you know, what what needed to be done was take care of the problems of, you know, bills and learning. I learned so much in that experience, uh, even through the stress. But the main thing that really bothered me was that I needed to let fantastic people go when they had to find a new job. And and I at that point I had been in the medical field for 20 years. I'd worked my way up, worked for different organizations. I was primarily in the medical management part of it, doing medical billing, operations, things like that. Well I was fed up. I was I was just burnt out on the industry. Mm. And during that year, year and a half that I was helping close that company down. I don't know. I was, I was talking with my husband. I was like, you know what? I mean, there's nothing tying us after, after we're done, after I close this company, after I no longer get a paycheck from them and my job here is done. What are we going to do next? I don't necessarily want to work in the medical industry anymore but I don't know what I want to do. And nothing is tying us to Florida. We don't, we didn't have any desire to, to live in Florida long-term. We were renting down there and I was like, you know, it'd be so cool if we could just live in a RV and just travel wherever we wanted to, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could travel like many people do in, uh, you know, in retirement years? That didn't take my husband long to hop on the computer and research. And not a few weeks later, we decided to buy a 38 foot diesel pusher. Mm. And what through this transition of, hey, you know, I would be, I would need to fly to different parts of the country to be at the particular MRI center for periods of time and how it was set up in the past was I fly out there on a Monday, do what I needed to during the week and fly back to my family on a Friday, to spend the weekend to just turn around and fly back. To me, that seemed to seemed like such a waste, a waste of the company's money, a waste of uh, time to be traveling like that. And, my daughter just graduated high school. So it, and she was moving off to college. So we had by 2011, May of 2011, we had our RV and we decided, you know what, we're not going to rent anymore down here in Florida. So we had this massive yard sale yeah. and we sold everything that could not fit into (laughs) the RV. I think we had a few things that we were going to store back um, at our home in the Midwest Uh, or in at family properties, you know, storage, just some of those (laughs) uh, you know, the family's heirloom type stuff, Mm -hmm. not very much. And so then that was the stair step. The it was the right time of life that we could take some risks. Mm-hmm. So my first first risk was well let's sell everything and not not live in a regular house Our, it's going to be a house on wheels. So that was the first like mindset change. And so what we did once we moved into that RV then we traveled to the different parts of the country that I needed to be to do the job at hand. Mm. And that was part of the transition. So I got to to learn a little bit on how to live smaller. Mm. But I didn't know what I was going to do after my last day of the job. I didn't I, I knew that time was ticking. But my mindset at the time was that I had to have a hundred and ten, well Throughout my career, whoever I was working for, I was all in for them. I didn't have anything. I wasn't making money on the side. and I had what one of my friends had called it uh, corporate think that I didn't believe that I should be doing something else. It was like I was cheating on the company that I was working for, which in hindsight is just crazy to think about. But that's what I did. I did not even start my business until after my my last day. I was not receiving a paycheck anymore. In hindsight, I I mean, I advise people all the time. Learn from my mistake. Go ahead and start doing something on the side, and figure out because I had no idea. Yeah, I did a little bit of research during this. Uh, the, the closing of the the company but it the stresses were so much on on doing that particular job that I had no fresh thoughts, no it, my mind was just so clouded I with negativity
2: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. and and so the 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 job stopped, but the great thing was that for several months my husband and I had, gotten used to a little bit of RV life, smaller living Mm. and living on wheels. And, and then we migrated back to the Midwest where we're from um, in Missouri. And it was like, okay, what do we do now? Yeah. I, I was studying a little bit, but I have no idea what kind of business. I just know I don't want to go looking for another job. And I know that I do not want to have whatever we do tie us down geographically. And back in 2011, 2012, yeah, there were several online businesses, but remote work, uh, like it is now since the pandemic, remote job opportunities were not as many as there are now. Uh, The, the, jobs out there is like, you have to go in, clock in at a particular building and, and things like that. And I had, I knew I had a lot of experience in administrative things. So in my research, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I found this particular word in my search, and it sparked an idea. And the word was virtual assistant. And I was researching to see what the heck is a virtual assistant. I've never heard of it anyway, because when you're in an industry for so long, you have blinders on, you have no idea what the opportunities are out there. So I hear, or I see this word virtual assistant, do the research on what that is. And I was like, that's exactly what I do anyway in my current and past jobs, you know what, what I was doing. So why not create a business to help with administrative tasks to small businesses? And that's how I got started. Uh, but that that I had no clients. I had no clients whatsoever and I didn't really know where to look, except I started, face-to-face networking uh, in the local area and uh, joined a a networking group uh, in the Springfield, Missouri area to gain contacts, to really kind of learn how to do that. And that seems kind of counterintuitive to have face-to-face and you're and you join a group that does kind of lock you down geographically but it got me my start Mm -hmm. because you've got to start some sort of systems to gather clients and i just knew what i needed to meet different people um outside of the medical field
0: right and i i did bni for a number of years you know business network international and back in upstate new york and uh I don't know, for a few years. And there's pros and cons to, uh, you know, in-person networking groups. Helps get your message straight. Helps get your presentations, you know, sort of honed in. And, uh, you know, how you're going to talk to people. What are you going to say? And how are you are going to present yourself? Things like that. So I don't know about you, but I needed that. and uh, I did too. Uh, so, so, you know, the face-to-face networking has some advantages for, for sure. I mean, uh, I, I guess I sort of broke even financially from it all because there's an expense to being in the group. And then, you know, we always met at lunchtime and there was food. And so, you know, you do that for a few years uh, every week and there certainly is an expense to that. So how did you sort of continue on your transition from getting clients locally uh, to beyond uh, the, the realm of, of local contacts?
1: Well I started networking locally, but I didn't really get very many clients that way because they didn't get where I was networking they didn't understand what a virtual assistant was and 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 that was okay because I actually I used that experience as well to learn learn what other entrepreneurs are doing learn what other entrepreneurs, um, what I should be doing, or learn from their mistakes and just meet people to, uh, to learn from that. But my, one of my very first clients happened to be in Florida, hmm. and that's how I got onto the road of transitioning later my business from virtual assistant to a content marketing agency. So one of my very first clients was down in Florida and we went back there uh, for an event. My, my husband's a musician and you can meet potential clients in the most unlikely places. And that's how I met one of my first clients. Uh, I had known her and her husband Through my husband, my husband played guitar at at a venue down um, uh, in the Tampa Bay area, and we are we actually lived in the St. Petersburg area uh, back then. And when we, you know, he was playing at a venue three and four or five times, and this uh, individual and her husband had just love to watch Robert, you know? And I struck up a conversation. We had a meeting because she had an online business and I was trying to start one and we talked and I got some ideas. She's a, a consultant and she serves the nonprofit, uh, the nonprofit world. And I didn't quite get what she did. And she, oh, after that first meeting, just to see, How does she run her online business and how is she able to work from anywhere? A couple of months later when we visited, um, we saw each other again at the dive bar that my husband was, uh, had played at for many years. And she said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I think I'm ready for a virtual assistant. Will you help me? And I was like, oh, that would be fantastic. I didn't know what I was going to do because I, I, I did not have a, a clear vision. And I think that that is so important that if you want to make a transition, you don't have to wait till you have a clear vision. You just go with it and you just you just navigate. Obviously, to make a, a long-term successful business, you've got to get some clarity somewhere. But if you, you need to explore to get started. So I met with her and she wanted me to do format her once a month e-newsletter. That was it. And I only worked for her a couple of hours, if that, a month for the first few months. That turned into, she's one of my, gosh, we've been working together eight, nine, nine years. Mm. Uh, She was one of my first, so about that long. And we pretty much, my whole team and I, we, do her we are her content marketing staff she does her writing her content but wherever it needs to go we're doing all the digital formatting and uh sending out the emails the the websites but it all started with less than two hours Hmm. a month working for her and my whole life opened up
0: you never know where one relationship will will lead to an opportunity that comes with it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like your husband was all in in supporting you through this.
1: Oh, my goodness. My husband is a creative, I like to call him a butterfly, but he, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing now if it weren't for him mm. because I had always been ingrained that I needed to, to have a job I work for somebody else, but it was him being a musician and an artist. He's a photographer, a, a mm. musician, a uh, now he's uh, he works. Um, he's an artist, so that type of creativity. And when I learned how he can earn a full time living making music, which mm. is not a Oh, okay, you you clock in nine Mm -hmm. to five, you you get a paycheck on a consistent manner. Oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you don't. Mm -hmm. So him being like a freelance musician for spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That opened my mind to see how can I do that? Because and and there were looking back, it's like it it was a good time we could take more risks. We're older, Mm -hmm. daughter was grown up getting out of the house. And yes, we have responsibilities and, and financial responsibilities and, and everything like that, but we could afford to take some risks Mm -hmm. and we could afford to, you know, do without some things because we wanted to. And we chose to simplify. We chose to have our overhead, like we chose not to have a big house payment. We chose not to, you know, have certain things because we wanted to be mobile and nimble.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah, I I get I get that. Um, so. So as time went on, uh, this was eight or nine years ago, and, and you've gotten more clients and you needed to build a team. How did you sort of work through building your own team?
1: Well, I, the first thing that I delegated, because as I was uh, growing the, the business, I knew I needed to create systems. And, getting, and one of the areas that I know was important and this was several years ago. I knew it was important, but I was just, just don't like to be in that space. I'd rather manage it than actually do it. And that mm-hmm. is social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Our company, our uh, social media managers for many of our clients. And so we have our systems that we, we post our, what we call our baseline consistent post. And then I, that's the that's the type of thing that I wanted. So I hired my first person, which I happen to know uh, that she wanted to, through networking, she wanted to, um, she was homeschooling her kids, her boys were getting older, and she's like, I'd like to, you know, work again part-time. And I was like, you know what, I can't guarantee you specific amounts and she's like oh no let's just work with it I'd love to to do Mm -hmm. that so we created our system that she did my what we call the baseline social media that left me able to she was able to draw out things about me and about the company that I don't even think about sharing so it's so great to have have her be my be my cheerleader because that's what you gotta do um on social to be out there and you and we had that consistency that freed me to be able to engage and and okay I get uh messages once in a while or Or I can just go to Facebook or Instagram and just like other people or comment on other people's stuff. And I don't have to worry about what the heck am I going to post, except when the fancy strikes me. But I'm always out there. So based off of that, I hired my first team member out of the need that I, I knew I needed to be consistent on social media, but that's not the Place that I have fun in, and soon we we were doing that for our clients as well, and that freed their time to do other things. Um, mm-hmm. And so the system that I created for myself, then my my staff member started doing social media management for many of our clients, and now we've grown to where there's. We've got a team of writers, hmm. data entry, designer, things like that, and I'm just super proud of that. That's how I first started. Then, then I needed uh, an administrative assistant to kind of help me keep my email and uh, my calendar more under control and do some some different things in our CRM. And I just brought somebody a blast from the past, um, mm-hmm. and she has worked for me for many years. Um, she moonlights for me; she has her daytime job,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: she's she's someone that I've known for goodness—it's got to be about twenty years because we knew each other uh, in the medical field. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so we have a history, and and. So we can talk shorthand to each other. Hmm. And then I had a referral to of someone. And I wasn't ready to hire that next person. But I didn't want to lose her. And she started with me. She was her children were very, very young. And I just we just had an arrangement that she worked very part-time. And as they grew, uh, the children has have grown. She needs uh, to work herself into a full time position, mm. and it's like, oh my gosh, our company's ready. So our mm. uh, each one of the the team members have grown with the the company, and I've been very fortunate that I haven't had any turnover in my team, mm. uh, and we just. We systematically grow, and our clients, we have figured out over the years that the best clients are the ones that need the recurring, consistent assistance, I guess.
0: Right. So, and I was just going to ask who your ideal customer your ideal client would be. Is, is there a size that you're looking for for an ideal customer, or, or is there sort of a, a, a niche that you that work in for your ideal customer?
1: Well, I guess the the niche would be the same types of philosophies of of those individuals that don't necessarily want to be tied geographically. They've, uh, and I say. And on our website, we serve—we say we serve coaches, consultants, and speakers, because they're primarily like a one-person shop. I mean, their their revenue is not one that's maybe of a freelancer, but of somebody that consults and uh, maybe has online courses. They they go around the country speaking, but these are ideal. Had are, are at least making. Uh, six or seven figures annually, and you can do that on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: then there comes a time that you want to, you know, jump um, a level in your business, and you need a team mm-hmm. to to do that to free up the time, or you want to invest in a team so that it frees up your time that you're not working twenty four seven. You know, mm-hmm. and and our ideal client usually doesn't want to have to manage an entire team a lot of them came from corporate they might have managed in the past and they're like oh i'm just tired of that so most of our clients we become their back office mm-hmm. marketing team content marketing team and they contract with us And they don't have to worry about creating the systems and creating the efficiencies. They worry about their message and uh, what they want to deliver to their clients. And so we're very much uh, a team. And they say that you need to do you know have a uh, an outline of what your avatar is and i hate that word avatar but you know your ideal client and most of the time the ideal client that we tend to 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 think about is a version of ourselves right and that that is so true Uh, my ideal client is a version of myself that has had some life experience, business experience, and is just very driven to grow, uh, but wants to keep a lean team and not necessarily grow to where they need to manage or want to manage 50, 60 people.
0: Right. It looks like, it sounds like you allow business owners that are growing to focus on the core part of their business while you take care of the the, the fringe the periphery so to speak is that mm-hmm. my on the right track?
1: Yeah it's just like uh, the old saying is it Michael Gerber that says work, on your business and not in your business, right? right. Mm-hmm. And the tedious details when it can comes to content marketing—that's working in your business. Mm-hmm. If you're not focusing on the message of what you want to tell your clients or your prospects, and you're spending all your time is eaten up on formatting and monkeying around with Mailchimp, mm-hmm. that's not probably not the best use of your time. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. Right. When your brain power and your time and should be used for the overall plan and and not not those details Mm -hmm. and but there there comes a time there's in all of our businesses there's there's you you go through hoops and there's there's phases of your business i could not afford right out of the gate to have help Mm -hmm. and 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 I did everything myself, and I figured certain things out, and there there's some things that I did without until I was big enough to worry about that. But right, right. Uh, when you're an office of one, then sometimes we bite off more than we can chew, mm. and then we we lose out on life. Mm. I really. Want I? I want to to live life to the fullest. My, I want my staff to live life to the fullest and have fun and enjoy work, and I want my clients to have fun and enjoy their work too. Mm-hmm. And and we we make quite the the nice little community. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Having that type of of mind mindset we're all driven but we're also uh really driven to serve others and serve have our have fun in life you know life is an adventure and we we just need to live it and not work ourselves to death
0: right right yeah I, i agree What kind of uh, obstacles did you sort of uh, run into when you started and started growing?
1: The biggest obstacle would just be me and my mindset Uh, Hmm. because especially at the beginning, I would take any client and then I wasn't as confident as I should or just didn't know... Where my pricing should be, and I did a lot of things that the value of what I was doing far outweighed what you know the perception. Well, far outweighed the hourly rate because back then it was an hourly, hmm. an hourly um, rate, and keeping the non-ideal clients on for too long. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't want to, you know, just learning to say no at their at the right time. Um, I think that was the big, biggest obstacle.
0: W- was it because they were, uh, uh, you know, making it difficult for you? Or, or I just want to help. Attitudes, I, or, so yeah. you just took on maybe I took
1: on too much too much yeah. on myself because you know when at first my obstacle was i was i was too broad i didn't have a niche i didn't i i would do pretty much any type of of admin type work at first so i didn't niche down early enough and i because i was unsure of myself i should uh, i should have taken that risk of mm, let me go ahead and niche down, and I'm going to say no to all of these other things and just focus in on this. And content marketing is, yes, a, still a big, I mean, that, that can hold a, a whole slew of things, mm. but we cut down a system. It's not like I, I will say yes to uh, doing bookkeeping, for example. I, one of my early clients, I was helping them in QuickBooks. Well, yes, I know how to do QuickBooks because I do it for myself, but I don't, I, I was very adamant. It's like, hey, I am not a trained bookkeeper. I am not an accountant. I just know this type of stuff. And I just, I was like, I'm not going to do this for anybody mm-hmm. else. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve them well. It doesn't serve me well. I hate mm-hmm. doing it. So why am I doing it for somebody else? When I mm. when I first started, I needed to pay the bills, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I've just transitioned to where it's so much better to go in the same groove, and that makes it so much easier to delegate to my team mm-hmm. if I'm not taking just any project. And I shifted from I. And everybody can change or develop whatever business model works for them. And w- what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. But what I like and what I have built into my business model is recurring income. So I wanted to land clients not just for project work. I, 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 Don't want to, hey, I need a a website designed and then I don't need anything else. So I have, I turn away those types of clients because what my business model is, is to get to know our client, their message, so that we can speak on their behalf and help them with the routine to keep them consistent in content marketing. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest obstacle was that it was me and not moving, just being unsure of, of making decisions of, Mm -hmm. okay, I need to niche down and this is what I need to do. I was unsure of myself. So I kept more of, yeah, we're a virtual assistant company doing anything and everything for you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I should have cut that out. And I knew it in my gut, but I didn't do it.
0: Now, you said you have writers on your staff. Are they copywriters or are they ghostwriters or what, what kind of Yes. writing? Both?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. And, that, and that we're very choosy on who we'll say yes to on that. There are certain industries that we don't. Working with our clients, it's on a case-by-case basis because if we don't, we have some industries that we feel quite comfortable that we can research and write for, but then there's some that's, that we don't feel comfortable and we'll just be flat out, hey, that hmm. we we don't. But most of the time, coaches, consultants, and speakers, and especially speakers, they need to have a, what, what I call their core piece of content. and our core, The core piece of content that needs to be published on a consistent basis is one of these three, either a blog, a podcast, or a, uh, a video, a mm-hmm. vlog. One of those three on a consistent basis, and you figure out is it going to be weekly, biweekly, once a month, things like that. Those types of details can be worked out. But especially with speakers, they need to be creating their own content anyway. Now, my team, let's we have a leadership coach for or leadership consultant for one of our clients, and she does a a weekly video. Her words are portrayed on the video, mm-hmm. but we pull from that content from that video, and we can produce blog posts, descriptions, micro-content, all mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So most of our clients, I mean, we've got to get to know them to be able to, to write. But most co- coaches, consultants, and speakers, they need to be writing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, for that leadership consultant, we help with her copywriting on her landing pages and, mm-hmm. and and her email copy and, and everything like that. So when you ask, are we ghostwriters or copywriters? I say, yes,
2: hmm.
1: we 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 had been asked if we would ghostwrite a book hmm. and what that person had in mind that wasn't in our wheelhouse. So I referred it to a uh, fictional Book writer that I knew of.
0: It's, you know, it's totally different to mm-hmm. ghostwrite for a book than it is to produce a, a much smaller piece of content. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's tricky enough to ghostwrite in, in their voice as it is, but then to put it in a book is uh, seems sort of daunting, for sure. So, Gayla, where do you see your business going from here? What do you What do you want to do in the future?
1: We are in growth mode, and we have our systems down. We do want to bring on uh, a f- a few more in twenty twenty two, a few more done for you uh, clients, and which means that it's the scenario of you produce your your base your, your core piece of content, and we just get it out everywhere. Um, And then we'd like to have or start uh, toward the middle to the end of 2022, a membership site Hmm. for those, those solopreneurs that are getting started, have a smaller community be um, to have the resources to help them find their niche to help them overcome any obstacles of like man i've got a i've got a i have got i have got ai took this course on how to create a funnel but i just don't get how do you get it in con- constant contact or mailchimp or whatever i just don't get the structure of that having the resources if you've got to do it yourself it's great to have a sounding board and a place in a smaller realm to overcome those challenges, get your get a foundation under you with consistent content, so that you get your revenue to the point that you can uh, that you can delegate in the future. Whether that is my team or uh, create your your own team, but mm. we're looking to open a a membership site in. In 2022,
0: good, Kayla. Very helpful today to to share your insights on on you know how your transition went and your growth, uh, how you handled uh, building a team and serving clients. A, a lot of these things are, are what uh, our listeners are are really into. They're they're trying to learn how to do these things in advance, uh, or you know some just. They're they're in the launch phase, but they're still trying to put some pieces together. And and it was just a lot of good insight uh, today from you about about starting uh, your business and, and how you work through it all. So Gayla, how do people get a hold of you?
1: I can be reached at solutions.com or through my podcast, the Gayla Scrivener Show. And uh, hop over there. I also have my personal brand website, GaylaScrivener.com. And one, one thing that I think that a lot of people, what stops them is that they stay too long in the research or in the, the unsure waters, but take one thing and implement one thing at a time. And that's what we've Become at Scrivener Solutions is the implementers. We take that content plan and we implement because uh, that's that's the biggest thing that I had learned. Even you won't go anywhere in in research phase. It's time to, to implement.
0: Right. And even the thought of, you know, having social media content can be sort of daunting because there's so many different avenues for social media and uh, you know, it, can, it can sort of maybe tie your hands uh, somewhat when, when you're undecided as to what avenue to take and, and where your potential client might even be hanging out, uh, then what content to use. Uh, and and every, every platform has a different feel. So now you've got to prepare your content in a different way for the different platform. It can be very overwhelming, and and it, it, I agree. I'm sure it stops a lot of people um, from starting, from launching, because if they're if they don't know how they're going to get it done, they don't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or they'll try, and it's just not done in in quite the right way. So, so uh, sure, uh, folks. Uh, scrivener solutionscom is is the Gala, Gala's website. S C R I V E N E R Solutions.com. dot Gaila, thanks again for your time today. Uh, good talking to you again, and and uh, to hear a little bit more about your story and. Uh, uh, folks, reach out to Gala, uh through the podcast, through her website. If you have any any need for your business, for for yourself, to to have more time for yourself, so that you can focus on your message, uh, they'll take care. They'll take care of a lot of the back end functionality. Gayla, thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Tom. It was wonderful to be here.
0: Well, folks, that's all there is for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope that you found it helpful and that there was a lot of value in it for you so that you can learn how to transition out uh, from your situation. Uh, because you've seen others do it, you've heard others do it, and it works. It, it's it's true. It can work, it works for them. It can work for you. But folks, don't forget that I have a, a free uh, download for you. It's. Uh, starting your own podcast it's a mini course it's just an ebook that i have available for you just go to tomclaremont.com slash podcast scroll down and uh, um, put your email address in and we'll send you the free uh, starting your own podcast ebook but also i have uh, free resources for you as well tomclaremont.com slash resources helpful resources for you if you want to launch your own personal brand and business. But I always want to end by saying, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.